Hey guys, welcome to the Manager's Mindset Podcast. In this podcast, we'll be interviewing successful managers, successful coaches, authors, mentors, management professionals to enable them to share their knowledge to this entire world. Hi, my name is Gopinath Vijaykumar, Allies GV, and I'm an author of an upcoming book called as Real Corporate Hero. Today, we have a very special guest who is who is a very famous uh, professional in HR space and he is an IIT and IM Calcutta graduate and has 30 years of experience which is almost three decades and he is a founder of a middle earth HR which is the Asia's number one HR certification in HR and leadership and he has consulted over 500 companies across 10 countries which is remarkable he is none other than mr nitin shankar let me welcome our our guest hi nitin how do you really feel hi hi gopi it's a pleasure to see you again um and uh, it's been a uh, uh, a long journey uh, but i think people like you and uh, you know colleagues and friends have really uh, you know contributed a lot to this Yeah, go ahead. Just point out. Uh, uh, Nitin, just uh, you can tell tell about yourself a bit so that audience can you know understand from you. Yeah. So uh, to tell a quick background, yeah, I got into IIT Roorkee and I was studying computer science. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say that my interest lay in people. I found people very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at how they. react to situations and how they deal with issues mm. uh etc and uh, being a wizard incidentally i was featured as uh, in the finals of bpc uh, mastermind as a quiz uh, oh, wow. so i was always a voracious reader and i was always fascinated by how people behave okay. so i went to iim cal uh, immediately after my graduation from iit roorkee Okay. I decided to leave computer science a little behind and focus more on people areas. So yeah. I got into HR, and I was very very lucky to get into NIT, which was a L&D company, and those days one of the most professional. Ninety one, you can yeah, we can imagine about it. Not many L&D companies. NIT was pretty much the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I spent uh, six seven years in the L&D space trying to look at. how people learn how people mm. work and then i took that passion and mm. started middle earth consultants i was one of the founders mm. um and uh, this has really helped me become uh, uh, and last i mean now it's been about 20 years since i started middle earth more than 20 years and mm. we have worked in um, i will I have personally done the companies in over ten countries where we have worked intensively with them, helping develop their manpower, etc., and looking at the HR space. So it's been pretty fascinating. Um, I can only say that uh, you know I think the most difficult thing and mm. most important thing in mm. life is your mind, and mm. I think L and D being the function which works directly on trying to yeah. input the mind. um i think i've been very very privileged to work there for 30 years very very true very true uh, 
Nitin, having said this, uh, you've been into this coaching for a lot of time. 30 years and three decades is not a small number, right? Uh, now, now, when you actually look at the current context, the things are really changing very faster and uh, the technology is changing. The current skill sets, whatever we are trying to acquire is becoming obsolete in, uh, is going to become obsolete in next uh, probably five years or 10 years. But what is one skill which is not going to be you know, absolute or it's going to be stay for so long is the coaching, right? And, and, and one of the biggest skill set, every, everybody, the first line managers or second line managers, uh, wanted to acquire, or even they need to master because it has become a demand is the coaching skill. So from that aspect, I know for a fact that, uh, I'm also alumni of, uh, middle earth consultancy and coached by you, right. Uh, as an executive, uh, certified executive, uh, and life coach. Right. So most of them are not really aware of what is life coaching. They, they're really confused about coaching and giving feedback. Right. So they think that I, I've given a feedback and that becomes, they say that I've coached him. Right. So I wanted to be, I want you to, you know, uh, you know, uh, give us a clarity on what is coaching. Okay. I think uh, there are a few things which are critical to understand in coaching but let me start you know from the genesis of the word because when we understand how this word evolved it will give you some sense mm. see there used to be a, a hungarian village called coach okay. k-o-c-h coach mm. Mm. and uh, carriages used to be made there the very fancy looking carriages okay so people called those carriages coach carriages or slowly that word became coach. Mm. So coach is just a carriage. Okay. Technically the word means a carriage mm. and that's how the word evolved. And it's very interesting because when you say carriage, mm. how do you take person from point A to point B? A carriage mm. takes a person from location A to location B. Mm. So if you think of it logically, a coach is someone who takes people from point A Point B. point B, right? And that is the absolute essence of coaching. Mm. Later on, that word started coming in Oxford for tutors. So people mm. started joking that the tutor is like a coach. Mm. And uh, in 1830, the word evolved slowly to what it means that coach and then athletic coaches actually mm. made it very popular. So that's the evolution of the word. But the essence of the meaning remains the same. Mm. Can you take a person from point A to point B? Mm. Mm. Right? That is what a coach does. Mm. And I think the significance of a coach is far, far more than what you call manager, mm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Like even the people who directly report to me in the office, mm. uh, you know, typically in some organizations, we use the word, oh, we are like a family, et cetera. I tell them always, we are not a family. Mm. Let's make it very clear. We are not a family. Okay. Mm. We are a team and I'm the coach of the team. Uh, so your job is to produce effective work. Mm. My job is to help you become better and okay. improve your skills to an extent that at some point of time, you might have to leave the team. Mm. Maybe improve where, you know, there's no more space for you to grow within the team. And it's to help you grow to the next level. Right. Correct. So 
coach in essence is somebody and if a manager is a coach let me assure you um it's the most important skill for a manager there's nothing more important than if a manager can be a coach okay i'll tell you personally from my experience i have people my mm. team mm. i have about four five people reporting into me mm. the average they have worked with me directly worked with me is about i think about 5 5 and a half years that means nobody has left me for 5 and a half, and years. half years on an average i mean the that's a big number least experienced person who has been with me has been with me for 3 and a half years and the most person who has worked with me the longest is uh worked with me for um, 13 years directly so why is somebody not leaving me um it's not because i don't think i'm like you know i'm not the uh, i can't say i'm the friendliest of people i can't say i am the most uh, you know soft spoken and sweet person to work <laughs> not but i genuinely believe in coaching and mm. my job every day mm. is to try to see if i can make my people better than what they were the previous day mm. now when a coach works he doesn't work only at the functional level the misnomer is that you know a coach works uh, at a functional level a mentor works at this level or counselor mm. actually a coach is all defining he can do be all things he can mm. be a mentor he can be a counselor he can be a coach because if i have to improve you let's say gb i am working with you mm. right as a coach now sometimes the problem may be that you lack certain skills okay so i must help you give you a development plan and help you develop the skills right fair enough but it's not only skills right sometimes the problem for you is you get too emotional let's say mm. or there are my some of my uh, people i work with and i coach my team somebody mm. is too emotional let's say mm. i mean uh, so maybe this person is professionally very good but gets upset very easily then i have to work with them on their mindset of why are they getting upset mm. let's say somebody else has a behavior challenge maybe you know they are sometimes late or you know they have some behavior issue i have to work on that that's mm. where feedback becomes important so right. giving feedback and supporting their changes mm. in behavior supporting the emotional intelligence of these people mm. and working with them on their uh mindset the mm. goal vision mm. everything is part of my job right. so you have attended a life coaching session so you know that you are a certified life coach cannot work only on the functional areas he has to work on the functional areas but he has to also work on the behavior parts of it the goal visioning part of it yes. setting up the motivation to achieve their goals motivating them towards to go in a particular direction right. everything has to happen by the coach so the coach is all encompassing so when somebody says uh, you know you are like a father or you are like an i say no yeah don't please don't overburden me with these titles i am not if you don't perform i'll have to remove you so fathers and mothers rarely remove children from their lives yeah absolutely yeah correct so but as a coach it's i am a different kind of person but almost as important as a father and mother because for the period of time that i work with you i can move you upwards whereas a father mother don't have that skills patience or knowledge sometimes mm. it's not that they don't want to it's they lack it and their perspective is different right 
True. Um, so I think, and if you ask uh, some of the people, like the most famous example of coaching mm. is the great example of Anne Sullivan and uh, Helen Keller. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's a, it's a magnificent story. Mm. You, sh- you just, you know, if you listen to that story, you're moved to tears. There's this girl, eight years old, mm. cannot see, cannot hear. And now you can imagine, just picture yourself closing your eyes and shutting your ears. How does somebody communicate with you? So, and a child who doesn't understand anything. Yeah. Correct? Sorry, she could uh, hear, but she can't see. see. And uh, she had a speech disorder also. So uh, she could hear. So, but she doesn't know language. I mean, you know, imagine you don't know language. You, mm. Let's say you're in a foreign country and you can't see. Right. People might be speaking to you. Mm. you. You don't know what they're saying. So you don't understand what you're hearing. Right. You're not fully deaf or anything, but you can't understand a word of what somebody is saying. Mm. Second is you're blind. Mm. So this lady comes, she herself was some 18 or 19 at that time. So she has just, uh, maybe about 20, just been trained as a teacher, teacher mm. for the blind. And she comes there. And this girl is uncontrollable. Nobody knows what she's doing. She's running around. Nobody mm. can say anything to her because she doesn't understand. If some of you saw the movie Black, you can see something yeah. of what personality was. So now this person works and Anne Sullivan spends her whole life, the next 26 years working mm. with this single person, Helen Keller. Helen Keller goes on not only to start understanding, um, start learning, Mm. And uh, she go. She's the first blind person to go to um, Harvard's. Uh, I mean, not Harvard. There's a sister college to Harvard, which is right next to it, called Radcliffe. She was the first person to study there. Mm. She's the first person, and I don't know why in the movie Black they made that she was failing the exam. No, actually, she passed out summa cum laude, which is she passed out with honors, which is a rare achievement. And obviously, she goes on to become an inspirational speaker, writes her own books, mm. um, and you know changes the perception of the blind people forever. Mm. Um, and behind her stands this one person, Anne Sullivan. Um, I think uh, you know it's an amazing story that one person can change the world by being a coach to another person. Another person, yeah. That's it. And and you know if you read the way Helen Keller writes about Anne Sullivan. Mm. You'll feel like you know she she he say she says at some place it's mm. like I was blind mm. and uh, you know there is a light coming towards me and this light was Anne Sullivan. I mean that's mm. the, roughly what she says about her. I mean come on guys. I mean this lady uh, was a coach. Right. She did not work only on the skills of writing, reading, etc., which obviously right. she did, but she worked on making that girl very strong. She Mm. was guiding her. She was like a friend. I mean, that's why a coach is not exactly, you know, like a a very father-like figure. He is a little closer to you. Mm. So sometimes he can be your best friend. um, But he's also not a very forgiving person. So he is like, you know, pretty tough on you. 
Um, and what's by, and this is something which is very important in coaching and I always teach it. The most important attribute is of a coach is he believes in the potential of the person. What a, exactly. He believes yeah. that this person can produce great results. Mm. Second, he has an absolute positive regard. Mm. So this is very important. The word absolute positive regard. Mm. What do we mean by absolute positive regard? Mm. That means the person is always positive about this person. Right. He never puts down the person. Mm. He never, you know, I mean, he never, even if he's tough, he's tough on the facts, he's tough on the actions right. of the person. Not but the he's person. always soft towards the person. Mm. It's like, I mean, I'm, I, all of you have seen the movie uh, Dangal, mm. for example, the great Mahavir Pogat with his daughters is a, a definition of an archetypal coach. Very tough mm. on the surface, but very caring in the heart. heart. And he always believes that the peer person can achieve something amazing. Exactly. So if I ask, if you ask me, what's the essence of coaching, right? What is the essence of coaching? It is these two things, mm. absolute positive regard mm. and belief in the potential. the potential. If you have those two right. um, and the coach is forgiving, but tough. Yeah. Loving and caring, but tough on the ones. Mm, mm. So this is the kind of attitude that a coach has to. Coach has then to. he or she should have the skills to work mm. on multiple aspects of the person. Mm. Like when you did the certification with us, the skills are what is emphasized. Right. The skill of how to help the person vision a goal. Mm. Mm. The skill of looking at them, what we call a developmental plan for the person. Yeah. The skill of giving feedback on habits. And ensuring that people are, uh, you know, giving the habit change. Hmm. Thirdly, the ability to look at behavior and emotions and even work on those areas. Hmm. So a coach is a holistic person hmm. and is able to have the skills to work on all these things. Right. Lastly, and most importantly, is what we call the approach to coaching. Hmm. And uh, the approach to coaching always has to be through a conversational questioning method okay. where the answers come from the coachee mm. Mm. rather than the coach yeah very true that's that's where when we you know the effectiveness of the coaching session uh, probably if i have to put a number only 30 percent of your time a coach has to speak and uh, remaining 70 percent has to be you know the coachy is supposed to answer all these questions right so but uh, generally what happens is it's it's vice versa Right. True. So we, we managers go, goes into the room and he says, he suggests everything. He speaks on and on and on for 70% of his time. Probably if we have to say 45 minutes of, a, of time of one hour and 15 minutes, he says, are you okay in doing this? And he says, yes, uh, we'll do. So it's, it's more of a coaching approach. They need to understand before even getting into this coaching. Right. So that's one thing I, I, I'll be always absolutely clear in terms of looking at it, but what is the key challenge uh, Nitin is when you're, when you're talking about, right. Uh, a positive rigor uh, being tough, as you said, and, you know, and then the approach uh, and believing in the potential. Right. These are the three things which is really needed, as you said, in terms of an approach, uh, the, the skill sets, 
which the coach need to acquire to become a coach or or an evolution of from a manager to a coach what kind of skill sets apart from questioning right the questioning is the fundamental if the if 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 a person doesn't have an ability to question or or you know a uh, probe question then it's not going to help them right so he, i i would i would rather say that you know is 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 at a very beginner level of you know in the stages of coaching if he is unable to raise, uh, probe questions apart from questioning right what are the other skill sets you think that particular you know manager should possess so if you ask me uh, you're absolutely right the way to question what we call conduct a coaching conversation right is a fairly specialized skill it has mm. to be practiced a little mm. and acquired point one you're absolutely right and probably that's the heart of it the other two parts is he has to work on his mindset a little bit mm. to acquire that positive regard and come in huh. with that uh, care for the employee see mm. most managers don't have that. Mm. there yeah. are some managers who are not coaches mm. but they do care for their employees and people of their team members and the team members are very loyal to them mm. Mm. and uh, they genuinely believe in them because the manager at heart they know that this guy has a positive regard for me mm. uh, and he wants me to do better see lot of managers you know to be honest they are i don't know for what reason they are very scared to give the skill sets thinking that uh, you know the person if he acquires the skill set will become uh, will take over his position frankly uh, i call these people bonzoi managers because they want people to be smaller than them always so okay. they will keep uh, cutting out that person so that that person becomes smaller than him hmm. a true coach is someone who wants people to go much beyond much him beyond also if required i mean if classic story mahavir fogart mm. i mean this movie was very powerful because he was a failed wrestler he didn't mm. go internationally but he wanted his daughters to go internationally mm. they want their people to do better than them yeah. um, or for example if you look at uh, even the other movie which i always with uh, admire any coach to see is chuck the india right yeah this guy lost lost the cup right and he was maligned for that mm. he wanted his team to do better see yes. that genuine feeling is yeah. rare yeah and i can assure you i can give everybody a hundred skills mm. in coaching but it's a feeling and emotion that you want your people to go to the sky and sometimes the sky may be not even in your organization maybe in some other organization maybe mm. going somewhere else um it's fine uh if you are genuinely concerned about the person Hmm. Fine. That that's so, more than enough. Yeah. The feeling is very important. Yeah, that yeah, absolute yeah. positive regard. It's hmm. like when you scold your child, the hmm. child and you both know to some extent that you care for the child. That yeah. you have an absolute positive regard for the child. So even that scolding the child, you know, uh, throws away like a duck after some time. ठीक है पापा ने कुछ बोल दिया ठीक है यार. Next day we are back to normal because why? Because the child trusts. Mm. that and child children are very forgiving right more you will see i mean you see cases of very bad abuse also at times mm. but the child is always forgiving because at the heart of it they know that the parent is uh, caring for them and mm. has a positive regard for them that and the belief in the potential are the most important mm. if these mm. two are there 
I don't, I think that quality is rare. Uh, if you get a manager like that, you're blessed. Hmm. Um, whatever be his skill set, whatever be his technique, you'll be blessed because at the heart of it, you will know that this guy cares for you. Right. That's point one. Hmm. Point two, you said coaching conversation. That's absolutely important. And in our program of life coaching, a good hmm. coach, I mean, regardless of our program, a good coach has to have a good understanding of what levers to move. How to set goals which motivate people, how to converse mm. with them that motivates them, mm. Mm. how to understand human behavior, like things like habits, how to change a habit. See, employees have habits. You go mm. to any organization, there will be some employee who will always come late or, mm. you know, for every meeting he's late. Now, mm. unless you understand how to go into that habit, you can't change. Mm. Then there is mindset issues in people. Some people get very negative. Mm. We are taking this interview during COVID. One of the biggest challenges we are facing is there's so much of negative information coming into a person's mind. Mm. As a coach, you'll have to try to change that. So for example, I've done a training session with all my employees that, you know, don't read too much of Mm. uh, things, negative things, etc. Don't focus too much on that. Focus on positive stories. Be grateful every day. So I ask them to do a gratefulness exercise of every day getting up and being thankful for people. Mm. And hopefully we are able to, and then, um, so these are things, how to change mindsets, Mm. how to look at behaviors, how to look at skills. So if you yeah. look at it, how to change a person's ASK, attitude, skill and knowledge, skill and knowledge uh, and behavior, habits. Right. So cash, knowledge, attitude, skill and habits. So the cash, you have to have an understanding of how to change the cash in the mind of the person. Mm. Mm. Um, I think uh, that's it. I think your understanding of cash, your ability to hold coaching conversations and be calm when you're talking to people. And third and most importantly, I think, is your attitude itself. I think attitude tops all the other things. All the others, right? So that that's that's when the whole challenge comes in, Nitin, right? So if you look at any managers, right, they are able to coach on the functional aspect very, you know, their coaching levels would be excellent in terms of when it comes to functional level or even technical level, right? But when it comes to a changing the behaviors of of their uh, uh, the team members that's when the whole challenge comes in right so they they people think expect people to change just like that right that's not going to happen uh, immediately so that's where the the the, the lot of coaching uh, conversation has to happen and then with that we need to figure out uh, you know, the motivators or, you know, for replacement of, uh, you know, habit triggers or ABC activity supposed to be performed. So in order to do that and then slowly do for all of this, definitely they need to understand the coaching approach or else this becomes slightly difficult for them. Now, now, for instance, without a people who are acquiring for a certification, right? So most of the managers would have not been not, or they would have not acquired a certification, but how to use this technique? Right, probably one good technique for them to help. What would it be? So I think uh, one of the techniques that I always uh, try to teach my coaches also is uh, I think the ability to analyze a situation 
and not get overwhelmed by it. So when I say, when you look at an employee, we talk, it, we talk about a iceberg more first. Mm. So at the top of the iceberg, imagine an iceberg. Mm. At the top of the iceberg is his knowledge and skills. Mm. These are relatively easy to understand, easy to see. Mm. Below that are habits. Right. Um, now this is under the waterline. So mm. you might see it partly and sometimes you may not be able to see it. Right. So for example, if I have a habit of uh, surfing very late in the night and watching internet till two o'clock or three o'clock, um, that's my habit. But what will be the result that I'll be dull through the day? Mm. Uh, I may not be coming to office on time. Mm. So you have to be able to understand a person as to where is he really going wrong? Mm. The habits it. Then below habits is even more dangerous. The attitude of the person um, towards, so there is attitude overall towards life, which is pretty, um, if you look at it, uh, some people are negative people. Some people are very positive. Mm. Um, so there is a general attitude. Then there's the motivation to do the job. You might be a very positive person, but I want to go and climb Himalayas and I'm very positive to climb Himalayas. I'm not interested to do the software engineering job. That's a different matter. Right. So maybe I'm not motivated by this. Hmm. So I have to work on the dimensions below the waterline. Hmm. Working on the functional skills, as you said, is relatively easy. Because you know what skills you want, you can guide people to give yeah. them the skills. If you're a good manager and you are a little patient to the person, do it. Below the waterline is where they should go. So I think your ability to diagnose a person and look at a person and understand where is his lack is the mm. first thing. Because you can't fix anything without knowing where things are going. Right. So if you ask me the most important skill, uh, one skill I would advise is try to look at this in a person on this multidimensional model. Mm. Not just knowledge and skill, but also mm. his attitude, his motivation to do the job, mm. and his habits. And mm. try to focus on each of them slowly and trying to build them up. Mm. For example, I mean, I can give you an example from a famous movie. Let's mm. say you take the movie Chapter India. How did he change the attitude of person? You remember that very famous scene where he asks everybody, mm. uh, where are you from? Whom are you playing for? This person says, I'm playing for Haryana, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Another yeah, person yeah, says, yeah. I'm playing for this. Only one girl answers, I'm playing yeah. for India. Yeah. So he then takes that and makes people feel bonded. Earlier, they were all in little clicks and each person felt, Ki, I'm a Haryana player, I'm a this player. And you know, actually, they didn't feel united as a team. And mm -hmm. they would only support their own players. So Haryana player will, you know, support the other Haryana player, etc. But he tried to change the attitude by focusing on a common vision. Mm -hmm. So skills like that, looking at a vision, making people focus on a goal, mm -hmm. understanding that these are critical for, uh, in my view, for any kind of uh, life coach. Hmm. Or any coach also, functional coaches. Yeah. Uh, frankly, I don't like the idea of somebody telling me that I you'd be a functional coach. Because uh, Harvard did a study and they said that uh, 
almost 75 to 80% of functional coaches have to focus on behavior change have to focus and in fact if you ask me the other 20% will be probably ineffective hmm. because at some level a person is a composite whole you can't say i'll only look at skill and knowledge what's the point of skill and knowledge if the person is not willing to do it hmm. what's the point if he is not motivated to work what's the point if he is having poor habits which are pulling him down you have to look at it holistically so i think if you ask me the one skill that any person has to do is to look at a person holistically and some of you if you're interested you can go and search for the competency model uh, iceberg competency model it's available on the net i don't think it's a rocket science but you must use the model and understand it and try to support people that was that was that was a very good insight in terms of uh, you know understanding the behaviors and uh, uh, you know going deeper in terms of behavior and change trying to change those behavior then thank you very much so uh, last but not the least so uh, if you want to give one piece of uh, suggestion or an advice uh, to the first line managers or second line managers with regards to coaching what would you So I think I'll just go back to the point I also mentioned right at the start is try to create people who are bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Firstly I'll tell you something if you create good people below you you will only rise. Yeah. If you keep them as bonsais you will also remain a bonsais. So the first thing is you have to build people up if you want to grow. Uh I always say make yourself replaceable which means that you try to get people to take your place because if you can't get people to take your place you can't go up also. Correct. There are enough deadwood in an organization, and I'm sure you go to any organization today. There are absolute deadwood in that organization. These are people who have never let their subordinates grow. They have tried to, you know, they are very scared of their own little position uh, that somebody will replace them. So they kind of keep all their knowledge to themselves. They don't let anybody grow, but they also don't grow, and they become how do I put it? You know, they. slowly start rotting from inside it's like there's no change in them uh as a manager i think look at each subordinate try to make him grow and if you actually do that you will grow substantially i think you know if you go to some very very senior people uh, who have done extremely well majority of them i would say the vast majority are people who have built up their team members 